Welcome to Core Conversations, a podcast where we chat about faith, struggles, and relevant topics that we hope will help you take your next step toward Jesus. Well, welcome, friends. Jesse, yo, yo, yo. Jesse Walker <laughs> here with two of my good friends. You got Mr. Harley, Christopher Harley here again. He was on an earlier episode. You may remember his voice. <laughs> They've been trying to forget it. They've gone through <laughs> counseling. <laughs> He's back, if you got to listen to the Financial Anxiety Podcast, Christopher was on here. He's a he is a dude as we established on that podcast. <laughs> wow, we're going back to that. Oh uh, yeah, and he's been in ministry almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. saying almost. Uh, this you're, time. you're welcome. That's and, all right. I have been in my counseling longer than you've been alive. So uh, let's just go. And then yeah. we're joined with Miss Sandy Troyer. Miss Sandy is a school counselor here in Orville fantastic yeah. human being and i'm so grateful that you're on with us today sandy thank you thank you but yeah it's been a long ride yeah yeah so to together here in this season we've been journeying through talking about different uh stressors anxiety producing things and other mental health um struggles during the holiday season last week you got to hear from us about loss during the holiday season and how to deal with that, how to cope. I, uh, if you didn't get to listen to that, go back and check it out. And this week we're diving into another heavy topic. And so I just want to start out uh, straight away by giving a little, a little warning, a trigger warning that uh, we're discussing heavy stuff today. We're diving into um, topics of depression and suicide. And so if you have a history of that uh, personally, or you know someone who personally has this podcast could be triggering. And as always, please reach out to a professional if you're having thoughts about taking your life. Uh, get help immediately. And so we're we're just jumping right into this today. Sandy, Christopher, thank you for being willing to dive into a heavy topic with me today. Absolutely. I like to dive. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, it it is heavy stuff and it's very real. So I'm going to start with a couple, um, a couple facts here. I was reading on the CDC's website, and this is from 2019. So uh, from everything I've heard, things have only gotten worse, especially since COVID has come. But um, one death, one suicide death happens every 11 minutes here in the US. In 2019, 12 million people seriously thought about suicide, and 3.5 million made a plan for suicide, and 1.4 million people attempted suicide. In uh, adolescents, uh, between ages 15 and 19, suicide is among the leading causes of death uh, up there with accidents and homicide. And and some amongst teenagers there. Well, and some of those accidents could be a suicidal attempt as well. Yeah. And that's the part that's really scary because we don't really have those statistics in mm-hmm. there. So, Jesse, for the person who doesn't understand, so thought about, planned, and then committed, those are some different steps along the way. Yeah. Just as a, a way of saying, when someone actually makes a plan, that is a very, very serious uh, step in the process. Um, and so I appreciate the breakdown of those numbers just because it reminds us how serious this topic really is. How prevalent it is. I mean, Absolutely. we all know someone who 
has contemplated self-harm, we may not even, we may not realize that we know them because often it's a hidden struggle as well. So uh, Sandy and Christopher, where do you two see this in our society? Well, what, what's, what do you think's leading to so much depression, hopelessness, suicide? Um, yeah, talk to me a little bit about the problem and in, in what you see as, as, a, as a minister, as a counselor. The, the crazy thing is there's so many triggers, there's so many reasons, and maybe that's why this is such a universal um, concern and problem, and, and some of this really is. There's the just the general hopelessness, which is mm. kind of the topic. There's also the clinical side, the actual depression, mental illness, things like that. But then there's also seasonal things. Is that fair? I mean, yeah, no, the, the time of year when... Um, you, you know, you think of someone who's experienced loss and this is their first, maybe their first Christmas, it's their first whatever. Yeah. And and that becomes a trigger for some um, suicidal thoughts or, or whatever else. And so because there's so many of those triggers, I guess is the word for it right now, um, that's what makes it hard. There's not a... Well, and the routine and the structure is not yeah. there. And yeah. coming into the season, I yeah. mean, there's a lot with holidays, but yet there's a lot there too, because now I have to create a new normal. Mm-hmm. And I don't want a new normal, just like with COVID. I didn't want a new no- normal. Mm. I didn't want this to be the way life was. And I have no control over it. And that's mm. not fair. Right. And that's also, I think, where Satan kind of gets in there and says, you know what? You're not content. You're not enough. There's still something out there we all long for that we want, and we're not able to get there. And so other people have expectations, and when we have those expectations, we're going to have disappointment. Hmm. And that's really hard because kids, as well as adults right now, we're trying to cope with the skills that we have, but those skills are in a whole nother level because of our pandemic, because of the losses that we have, like you said last week, you know, if we're losing someone who's very, very important to our family, now what do I do? Mm. Um, And it sets it to a whole nother um, extension of ourselves. Yeah. There's a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from just fear. I don't know what comes now. And that creates anxiety and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what's next. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know. I don't know. And and a lot of times it's our our fears really exaggerate the pain and exaggerate Mm -hmm. everything else. um, Because what happened, the story that happens in our mind is often worse than the reality in front of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Is that a I guess, Sandy, is that a good way to say it? It just Well, the fear does push us to the next yeah. level. And and I'll be honest, there's a fear even for myself because I'm looking at retirement. Mm-hmm. What's ahead of me? Yeah. You know, and I don't have the routine. I don't have that structure coming ahead. So the fear and the anxiety is already mm-hmm. kicking in. Yeah. There's a sense of excitement too. Well, right. I mean, that's there too. But the purpose hmm. of what life is mm-hmm. is not there. Mm. You know, and a lot of times with kids, if they're in sports and they've always been an athlete and now they're hurt or they're not able to be on the team for whatever reason, now what? Right. You know, and that's another level. And that's on the upper level, if you want to say. And a lot of times people think, well, those kids don't deal with that. They're popular. They're Mm. 
athletic. They're, they've got everything they want. You know, and I think sometimes we pigeonhole people into thinking one way. Oh, they don't have to worry about that. Hmm. This attacks everybody. Right. Yeah. Everybody. And whether it's now or somewhere in their lifetime through college, through getting out of college, going to try and find a new job, that fear that you were talking about yeah. is right there. I mean, that's that's legit. And now what's the new normal? You know, mm -hmm. what's the next thing? And if I can't make it, now I'm hopeless. I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. And why am I here? Yeah. And so to anyone listening who happens to be in a place where you've not wrestled with hopelessness and depression and, and suicidal thoughts before, uh, I, I just want to in encourage you, as Sandy mentioned there, that it's often hidden and even the people you wouldn't expect to struggle mm -hmm. maybe are struggling in very real ways. And I, it's still uh, real to them. Yeah. Even though to you, you're like, you have everything. Mm. You know, you're smart, you're pretty, you're whatever, but you don't know the the background. You don't know the history or their story yeah, that they're absolutely. sharing. And that's the part that you have to be really sensitive to. And anyone can have that sense of a loss of purpose, a uh, loss of meaning in life, uh, a place where maybe we just decide to give up. So I, a um, little well, bit of personal. I'm sorry. And one of the things in that too is that we kind of miss sometimes is whether it's say, um, you know, something tragic happens in life or whatever, there's also a loss of dream. And sometimes we yes. forget how important that is. I knew what this was going to be like, or I, I've projected out what my life would be like, mm. and I've lost that dream. And that was something that I was looking forward to and I was hoping to attain or whatever. And and it just cycles right back then to everything, Sandy, you were just saying, I don't know what's next. I don't know this. I don't. And again, it's, it's vicious. It's a vicious cycle. The death of a dream. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so on a little bit of a personal note, uh, my history with these things, um, uh, my mom, I love my mom so much and she has wrestled with some serious depression in her past. Um, my oldest brother, Jeremy, when I was in college, he, um, he, well, he went missing one uh, or at New Year's time, and his body was found three months later, and he had, he had committed suicide. And so that was one of the most painful and devastating seasons of my life where I, I was right there with him, you know, all of Christmas, all of Thanksgiving. And so, and I was blind to it. I, I, a lot of us are. We're caught off guard when we're touched closely by suicide we're caught off guard by it. And looking back, I saw the signs, you know, I saw things, but I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't think too much about them then. I, it wasn't on my radar, but that season catapulted me into a season of just darkness, like so many uh, thoughts about self-harm and suicide. And um, it was a very, very painful season. And I, I can tell you that it didn't last for me. I know some people who, who carry it for a long time, who walk, who wrestle with um, the seasons like that for a very long period of time where they come back uh, here and there. Uh, for me, I, God, God brought some really cool healing and we can get to that in a bit. But um, in what ways have you guys maybe been touched by this personally? 
Well, for me, I have a sister who, who um, has a mental illness. Um, she's a diagnosed schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I go through seasons. Um, I, I've mentioned this uh, to friends that about February each year, I start getting a little down. It's not because of the time of year. It's just it's a darker, dimmer time. Yeah. I'm an outdoor person. I like to, you know, do stuff in the yard and stuff. And and so it becomes a little dreary. I'm someone who loves color, all those all those type of things. You know, I had a, a spell during college where my hometown minister who had been there at my hometown for 14 years, he had baptized me. I was in that college doing what I was doing because of him. Uh, you know, he left our church. He divorced his wife of 35 mm. years. There's a lot to that. Wow. And in that time... Um, because I w- had been, in a way, kind of following the a pattern that he a path that he had set, when all that collapsed in his life, um, I I I lost some hope. Wait, what am I doing? This is all wrong. Everything everything I thought was the way it was supposed to be, and and everything just kind of fell apart. And I really I gave up on a lot of stuff. I I I didn't want to go into ministry anymore. I didn't want to be at that college. I didn't want this, that, and the other thing. And it. It took a while, and it took a lot of people praying for me, people knowing what was happening, to to kind of help me bounce out of that. I ended up transferring schools just to get a fresh start because yeah. um, it was such a, a difficult time and process. Um, and so I really felt a hopelessness, like, mm. I, I have no idea what I'm doing with the rest of my life now, that type of thing. So yeah. for me, that was probably a, a real mm-hmm. difficult – it was a really difficult time for me. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest, being in the school system, there's so many times when you hear mm-hmm. things from kids and from even adults and parents. And um, and I've known some kids, unfortunately, who have taken their lives. Um, my daughter had a really close friend mm-hmm. who took his life. And I, it still hurts. Yeah. Um, it still breaks my heart that people don't value or see their value in themselves um, and I know I've gone through my own, the seasonal stuff for me right. is a big deal. I hate darkness. I hate, you know, the cold. I want to <laughs> be out playing and having fun. Um, but that darkness sometimes encapsulates me mm-hmm. and it really um, hurts. And when I see people not seeing the worth in others, it breaks my heart. It yeah. just... God has given each and every one of us a gift, and we need to be able to help others see that gift. And I just, that's one of my passions of life is to let people know why they're special. What is it that I see or that God's given them that we can all learn from? Mm -hmm. And if we don't share that little bit of us with others, they're going to miss that part of God. And I think that's something when I hear kids talking about depression or not being like, I'm not a good enough or I don't, I'm not popular. I'm not this or that. There's other things there that God has already instilled in them mm-hmm. that we need to be able to allow them to see. And it starts at a young age. And I think Chris does a really good job with that in our youth group and, you know, kids' lives. But so many times at school, they're just mean kids mm-hmm. that sit there and think sarcasm is funny, ha-ha, and they don't realize when they say things how much words do hurt. Yeah, You know, sticks and stones break my, no- break my bones, but names will never hurt me. 
I they do hurt. They do, yeah. And you know, there's times when I've seen the hurt, and I try and help encourage those kids. Um, but it's just like with your brother. There's times you don't see it coming. Yeah. And you might look back and see things, but we all need that encouragement. We all need that love and acceptance and that just genuine, unconditional love, knowing that we're okay. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard when you don't have people around you that you trust and value, that you will hear the words, I love you and you're enough, mm. and I care about you. And a lot of times, that's what we need to be able to do for those people. You know, isn't there so much power in the truth, the yes. truth that you just shared, that you are special, you are made in the image of God, you're loved, you're valuable. Those are messages that I just couldn't believe when I was depressed. <laughs> and I I think that is at 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 the heart of a lot of, not all depression, but a lot of depression are so many lies, lies from the enemy of him convincing us, and man, you're not, you're not valuable. You're not lovable. Mm-hmm. No one cares about you. There's these lies that Satan works to convince us that we're not who God says we are. And I look back to the Garden of Eden at the, at the very beginning when it all began Satan's very first lie was like, you can you can be more like God. Well, well, God, when he created them, he created them in his image. He created them like he him. He was already. The, yeah. well, we were already in the image of God. We didn't need to be more like God. But Satan was like, hey, you're not who God says you are. You can be more like God. Mm-hmm. And I think for all of history, Satan's ploy is, hey, you're not who God says you are. You aren't loved. You aren't cared for. You're not special. You're not worth dying. Like say, uh, Jesus says, we are worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and those me- the message of truth is what I think um, a lot of us need to hear. Uh, so as, as we move kind of toward talking to someone who, if you're listening right now and you struggle um, with depression, uh, hopelessness, suicidal thoughts yourself, Christopher, Sandy, what... Um, what encouragement would you want to give to them and speak just kind of to to that individual listening, especially as it pertains to any stigmas that may surround mental health as well and getting help, um, but also any general encouragement you want to give them? Well, I think the biggest thing is you are loved yes, and you are valued and you're worthy of someone loving you. And instead of being around those people that are critical and that um, judge you, find the people who will be able to live life with you and yes. encourage you and compliment because the greatest of these is love. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's people out there that don't know the love of God. Um, and that makes me sad. But at the same point, I think you need to find the people that will show grace and kindness and compassion um, that will show love. And that will be there for you. And far as a stigma, I don't care where you're at. We're all crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And there's times I feel crazy, and there's times the kids will tell me, "Mrs. Troyer, <laughs> you're crazy." I'm like, "Yes, I am. And I'm proud of it." Um, just because I know that God loves me anyway, and He's my biggest defender, provider, healer. Um, and I, for me, that's where I go. I go on my knees, I go on music, 
And that's what I have to do to get through this. And I find those people that I trust that I can go to. Um, and being a counselor, I promote that. A lot of friend, people are afraid of going there, but that counselor is a trusted friend. Mm-hmm. Well, and and with that, you know, you mentioned the stigma. Look, you know, you do general maintenance on your car every now, you know, every mm-hmm. 3,000 miles. You go get your oil changed, stuff like that. Consider that general maintenance for your own life. Um, if, if you need some help, if you need your car fixed, you go get it fixed. If yes. you need some help in your personal right. life, in your mental right. health, then you go to a person who can help you with right. that. Find a trusted counselor. Um, there's plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Find that trusted counselor. Don't worry about the stigma. Worry about getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go to a doctor because I I don't want people to know I might be sick. <laughs> you go to a doctor. You know, right? Yeah. You take care of it. Um, it's a it's a crazy thing. You go to school because you don't want to deal with the mess later. Meaning. Lack of education. You teach your kids to do certain things because you don't want to deal with bigger problems later. Um, You know, the person who lets that toothache fester, it's only going to be worse. So take care of it now. And it's okay. Take care of it when it's still um, a matter of helping and healing and not necessarily trauma. Right. Um, It's okay to go early and often. It is. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. And I'll I'll be really open and transparent. Um, you know, there's times I still deal with depression and anxiety and I'm taking medication for it. It's okay. Yeah. Because you know what? Diabetics have to take insulin. Mm. I have to take this pill. Is it, you know, do I like it? No, but my goodness, life would not be the same if I didn't have it. And knowing that that's a part of my healing, part of my survival, (laughs) I'm going to do it, you know, because it's just like you said, God's sitting there and he's saying, come on out, you know, Peter, Mm -hmm. get out of the boat. Sandy, come on, get out of all that. I'm going to be right here, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to walk and I'm going to walk to Jesus. And if I keep my eyes there, I'll be okay. If I start looking around at other people, I'm going to fall. And God's given me doctors. God's given me counselors, people around me to help. Just like you were saying with the car analogy. I love that. Um, We need to be able to do what we need to do to help ourselves. Mm-hmm. One of the things too, especially in this season, okay, so we're talking, this is Christmas season and everything. We know that there's some triggers that happen in this time. Because we know that, then prep yourself, all right? Mm-hmm. Know that this is maybe a trigger for you and make sure you put yourself in situations where you stay in closer contact with those healthy people in your life. Right. Don't make major life decisions changes in a season where you know you're going to be struggling with your own mental health, with your own depression, whatever. And then also um, be careful. Um, I can't, it's amazing how many of us self-medicate, whatever that self-medicating is, whether that's overeating or um, alcohol or other substances. Or busyness. Busyness. Mm. Man, that's a huge one. Whatever that whatever your so-called drug of choice is. And again, I just we just listed a bunch of them, so I'm not talking illegals necessarily. Right. But be aware and be self-aware so that you can be cautious, but always try to put yourself back in that um, healthy environment. And another simple thing that people don't do enough of at the holidays, 
rest, sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, and and I guess above all else, get on your knees and talk to the Father. Mm-hmm. Spend time with God every day. Pray, read your Bible. I know these are church answers, but speaking of church, spend time with Christian friends. Yeah. Um, all of this really helps keep you on track. It, we're all going to struggle. Mm-hmm. That's not a question. It's how we handle that and where we're going for the help wow. that will make all the difference. And don't think it's just, okay, the holidays are done and I'm done. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the things for me is after the holidays is mm-hmm. the worst. January, February are the worst. The yeah. letdown. The letdown of it. Yep. And knowing that what's next, you mm-hmm. know, all the happy joy, joy, and all the, you know, excitement and the lights and all that, it's all gone. Now it's just winter. Now it's just winter. <laughs> yeah. Wham. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> that's something, too, that, you know, you've got to be able to take the time to have those relationships around you at that time as well. Yep. We spend time with family. We spend time with friends, get together. We've got to be able to do that after the holidays, too. Mm-hmm. It's just as important. God loves us. And he wants us to love each other just yes. as we love him, him. So, yeah, you know, a, part, a huge part of my healing uh, coming out of that season of depression was really a, a couple fold. First, the people, just as you both mm-hmm. mentioned, the people that I had around me. I think if I were in any other place than where I was, I was, I was in a, in a place that I had amazing Christians and, and people that loved me through it all. Uh, if I was in, if I was alone, I don't know if I would have made it through it. Uh, so we need godly people around us, people that are going to love us and remind us of the truth that like, hey, you are worth fighting for. You are valuable. You are yep. loved. Yep. People that see you that way and remind you of that. And then second, it, it you know, yeah, it sounds cheesy and churchy, but it was prayer and turning to God. There, it, I encourage you in whatever you're in to be honest with God in your prayers that like the the psalmist in the book of Psalms, you see him be raw with God. He's like, at times he's he's just like angry with God. And there were times in that season when I, I cussed at God. I was just like, God, what on earth? Why would you let this happen? I was angry. I was frustrated. I told him about my pain. And you know what? God didn't reject any of that. And uh, I, I think that just as like a friend cries with a, a brother when they're hurting. I think God cried with me. I think he, I think he was angry with me about mm-hmm. the injustice of loss, and I, I think he was there with me through it all. And so, I encourage you to turn to God in prayer and like turn that over to Him and walk with Him through it. Obviously, um, turn to a professional. And so, as we are looking at that. Like you, let's say you have a friend, someone listening has a friend who is struggling, they know is struggling with mental health. What would you give as encouragement to that friend? Like what, what should they do? How should they respond? How, how do I help my friend who is struggling with these things? I'm so glad you said that because, you know, we, we realize there's, there's going to be two groups of listeners, those who are struggling themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there's also, this isn't a big issue in their life but they are around other people. And and so the first thing is just just as a general thing, care for people, encourage people. What doesn't matter how well you know them. 
be kind and loving. Hey, we talk about pray for one. Pray for one person that you can show God's love and kindness to today and look for those opportunities. And then if you have someone in your life who is struggling and you know it, do whatever you have to do to help them. Um, You know, don't go down with the ship. I mean, you know, the lifeguard knows how to fight fight off the drowning person Mm. so they don't go down too. But, you know, if you have the opportunity to pull someone out by saying, I'm going to do whatever I have to do, whether you want me to call or not, I'm going to do this because I love you that much. I love you maybe more than you love you. Yeah. I think it's important that we take, if someone mentions self-harm, we need to take that seriously. Absolutely. And we need to either uh, go with them to get help or get help for them. Yeah. Uh, because when someone mentions that to us, it's it's real. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. And that's hard because, I mean, in my job, legally, mm-hmm. as yeah. well as morally, I mm-hmm. have to make those phone calls. And yes. there's times kids don't want me to make them. Mm-hmm. There's times that they're like, no, you can't tell. And I'm like, you don't understand what you're asking me to do. And then I tell them, I'm not, a, I'm not okay letting you go yeah. and hurt yourself or to hurt anybody else yeah. around you. And I go with them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll call the crisis center, which is in Wayne County. Uh, you can get a hold of them. Uh, there's the National Suicide Hotline mm-hmm. that you can call to get some other information. But they need to know that you're willing to take that step, even when they're afraid to, to make sure that they're going to be okay. And if you're in the position where you have a friend that's telling you something like that, you need to be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to be able to lose you. We're going to do something about this and get them to the help that they need. Um, And if you can't do that part, then you need to let people around them know that there's concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I was really proud of my daughter because she was willing to break that out and say, I'm really concerned about this person and I really want to make sure he's okay. And, you know, I told her, I said, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, I had kids at school that would come and say, hey, Mrs. Troyer, so-and-so's, you know, talking about hurting themselves and we will go and we'll talk to them. Um, and sometimes I don't tell them who's told me, um, because the kids are don't want that. But at the same point, I'll tell them, someone loves you enough that took the chance to let me know you need help. Yeah. Let's go get help. Yeah, definitely. So, And one, a couple of things that come to mind for me, like if you have a, a friend or a child, like let's say you have a child struggling with mental health too, uh, just watch for warning signs. You know, if um, you see something significantly change, sleep patterns change, uh, m- severe moodiness, loss of interest in things. Uh, watch for those warning signs. And then giving things away mm, would be another one. Like yes. when they start saying, Oh, I really don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't need this anymore. Yeah. You know, those are key words there. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. You know, it's better to ask than to regret, regret. Not, yeah. regret not asking. So ask. I, and, and, Ask your kid if you have kids how they're doing, like check in with them. And then uh, one thing that is so common is to kind of uh, judge is the wrong word, but almost to downplay it like, oh, yeah, you're all right. You're, you'll be fine no, to slap some praise or something on it. And like, um, like God's good. You'll be fine. And 
what the person needs is for you to get in the trench with them and not to uh, just stand outside of it and say, yeah, everything's good. Uh, I'd encourage you to, there's a video by Brene Brown on empathy. Look that up on YouTube, watch it and learn about how to get in the trench with someone. Um, but I, I encourage you to, to step in it and walk alongside them and be there for them. And just know that this is a real struggle. You know, even if you haven't had it, many people have, many people have walked through this um, and we're called as, as God's children to be those who bring comfort as God, as the Lord of all comfort has comforted us. We are called to comfort those who are in trouble. Second Corinthians one, three through four is what you're, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So is, are there any last encouragements that you two want to share either with someone struggling or someone, whoever it is listening, any last encouragements you both want to share? I think it simply comes down to this. You are a child of God. You're created in his image. You are a masterpiece. And you are so special to him that he let his son be killed for you. He gave his son for you. And what kind of love does that take? It takes absolute love for you. And you're valued. Yes. And I would just idiot. I mean, ditto that. That was awesome. Mm. If you're wrestling with things today or you know someone who is, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-TALK. Let me say that one more time. 1-800-273-8255. Please don't hesitate to reach out to someone in your life if you're struggling. Sandy, Christopher, thank you for just having a conversation with me about this today. Yeah, those of you listening, I hope you're blessed and encouraged that you know that you're loved today. Reach out for help. Help those around you. Let's be those who are willing to address these issues. We love you all. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If you found this episode helpful, challenging, or encouraging, please share it with those in your circle to encourage them as well. Thank you so much for joining us today.